0: Hi, we're the Mind Body Couple.
1: I'm Tanner Murtaugh.
0: And I'm Ann Hampson.
1: And this podcast is dedicated to helping you unlearn neuroplastic pain and mind body concerns. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast.
0: Hi, everybody.
1: So today we have a. Uh, big topic
0: yeah and i think one that's pretty important
1: it is important i think it needs to be a part of most people's mind body healing journey mm-hmm. and our topic for today is four ways we resist our emotions that can trigger chronic pain and symptoms
0: yeah and i i When we talk about it being a big topic, I think it's big because we really need to look at the fact that resisting emotions can impact us negatively at times.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so here's kind of the breakdown. I have a flow chart that I give clients. Okay. Okay. And so when we talk about why resisting emotions trigger pain, Mm -hmm. and so we all have important emotions that we need to experience, love, joy, Appropriate guilt, sadness, fear, anger, disgust. Um, Right now, with our kids, we're watching that emotions movie. Mm -hmm. What's it called again? I keep forgetting the name of it. Inside Out. Inside Out. Yeah. Core emotions. (laughs) Yeah. Important emotions. So we all have these. Yeah. No matter who you are, you're going to have the whole spectrum of emotions. Yes. But then we resist them. And we're going to go through the kind of four main ways people resist emotions.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a common thing to resist emotions. Most people, whether they're struggling with chronic pain or not, struggle with feeling emotions and welcoming
1: them. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens when we resist emotions is it actually causes our nervous system to become really dysregulated. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of times, when people are like regulating the nervous system, some people force themselves to always be calm. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're going for. Yeah. We have important emotions, and when you resist them, it causes this dysregulation. Mm-hmm. So, fight, flight, free, shut down. This is what takes place. Mm-hmm. And then, what happens after that is the brain follows suit. And as a result, it's going to trigger chronic pain or symptoms.
0: Yeah. And so understanding this emotional piece is so important. And it is about like brain retraining and rewiring, but also about, okay, how do I learn to be okay with my emotions
1: as well? Yes. And actually feel safe with them. Yeah. Because that's a whole other topic for another podcast, actually Mm -hmm. feeling safe with emotions. Yes. But at first, we just need to identify how are we resisting them?
0: Yeah, Because
1: that's the starting place. If you want to identify, experience, and release emotions, we need to identify first what is the resistance to actually feeling them and being with them. Yeah. And so we came up with a list of four ways mm-hmm. we can resist emotions. And we'll dive into each of these topics. But at first, I'll just kind of name them off. So alexithymia, number one. Okay, that's, We're gonna <laughs> that's dive... a confusing
0: name there.
1: It's a confusing name. I like the name, though. Alexa, time yet. Okay. Being really just unaware of emotions. Mm, okay. And we'll define this in a second. Mm-hmm. Number two, invalidating your emotions. Yeah,
0: which I think is a common one. Mm-hmm.
1: Number three, viewing emotions as dangerous experiences. Mm. And number four, using defenses or avoidances as a way to prevent emotions from taking place. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into number one.
0: Okay, explain more of this alexithymia. Hey, you said (laughs) it right. You said it right. (laughs) I like
1: it. So I got a definition out of the study. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. How do we define alexithymia? So I'll read this to you. Alexithymia can be defined as, one, difficulty identifying, identifying and describing feelings. Okay. Two, difficulty distinguishing between feelings and body sensations related to emotional activation. Number three, resistance, resisted or limited imaginative processes. And number four, a cognitive style that's really directed towards the outside. And so what'll happen for people with alexithymia is they know very little about their internal state. Mm -hmm. And so, It's a defense that happens for a lot of people. And I think it's theorized to really be related to trauma. It's theorized to be related to childhood adversity.
0: So it's a protective mechanism. Yeah,
1: that's, that's the theory around it.
0: Are we thinking it's more than just being unsure of what we're feeling? It's kind of deeper than that?
1: It's to the point where people can't even identify how they're feeling emotions in their body. Cause emotions are always physical sensations. Yeah, they are. They're not thoughts. Right. But what will happen for people with alexithymia that I'll see is all of a sudden they'll be having pain or symptoms mm-hmm. and there was no awareness that emotions were happening. Okay. And so for myself, there was, there was definitely a flavor of this right. that I had to overcome where I didn't really understand emotions took place in the body. I was aware of my thoughts yeah, and and I could feel things in my body, but there was a disconnect there. And for some people, it's even more severe, but there was a disconnect that was taking place that I needed to overcome. And so it's kind of the first way that we resist emotions is we just completely shut off from connecting to them. Right. And this isn't always a conscious choice. I think sometimes we just learn to be this way in childhood mm-hmm. and then it just continues on. Yeah. And so that's the first way. Now, number two. Okay.
0: I'm pulling it up here. Yeah. Yes. I got it. Number okay. two,
1: invalidating your
0: emotions. Mm-hmm. I think like, I think people can identify with Alexa, thymia, but I think people can really identify with invalidating emotions. I think that is something that's common for a lot of people.
1: Yes, it it is, where people understand they're having emotions. Mm -hmm. They're a little judgy about them. We're judgmental. We criticize ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what takes place is people invalidate them.
0: Yes, and a big way people do this is, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Um, This, I'm fine. Just push on. That kind of language.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense that this results in resistance mm-hmm. because if you invalidate your emotions and you tell yourself, it doesn't make sense that I feel this way right now, I shouldn't feel this way, then you're going to try and push that emotion down mm-hmm. because you don't think it makes sense for the situation that you're dealing with.
0: And sometimes <laughs> we can look at a situation logically and see, okay, that this seems strange that this emotion is there. Like, I, I don't think that's necessarily bad taking a look at the situation, but mm-hmm. they're still acknowledging and experiencing yeah. that emotion at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think some people are short-sighted with this, where, I'll give an example. If I have a stressful week, yes, and I come home, and for instance, last night, I wasn't too grumpy last night, but for instance,
0: sometimes, in, he's grumpy. sometimes <laughs> I'm grumpy. Um, sometimes he's less grumpy.
1: And my son hasn't cleaned his room. Mm, you know,
0: which is a sticking point for you. It's a
1: sticking point. It, yeah. It bothers me. I'll be, I'll be honest <laughs> with that. But maybe my reaction is a four out of 10 being mm-hmm. grumpy about it. I love how grumpiness is what we're defining in the sense. <laughs> but really, it's it's a two out of 10 issue. It yes. probably takes someone 20 minutes to do with them. It's not the yeah. end of the world. But if I have had a very stressful week or a stressful month, Or I've had these life events Mm. that cause clutter to be very disorganizing for my nervous system. That emotion that I'm feeling in the moment makes sense. So people just don't go far enough back in taking like more of a life view.
0: Of looking at why that emotion is there. What is that bigger picture connected to that emotion? Yeah,
1: it's like when people have a small work problem Mm. and they're feeling like an antigen anxiety. It's not just the work problems resulting in that feeling. It's every moment you've had in your entire life that's led up to that moment. And so it is valid. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that it, it's valid. Now, of course, we don't want to like explode on people. Uh, when right. You're either, you know, I think there is uh, anger can be empowering, but we also want to be careful how we're using it.
0: Right. Well, because in that situation last night, if you had exploded about that specific situation of the room, what would have that looked like to everyone around you?
1: Yes, it it went to make sense. That's right. Like, Tanner's emotion isn't valid given the circumstance,
0: and then we probably would have all invalidated (laughs) the
1: emotion. Like, what are you doing? So you can see how this naturally happens. Yeah, but you want to be careful that your emotion is valid given your life.
0: Mm.
1: It makes sense how you got there. You may not be able to put the pieces together. Yeah, but that's like we need to start with validation Mm -hmm. because that's going to lead us actually approaching the emotion. And to actually feeling safe with it. Well,
0: and I think with you know, with people that I work with, a lot of our time together is spent validating emotions together. Yeah, validating
1: yeah. the experience yeah. that someone's going through. Yeah. Any any great therapist is gonna be doing that. Mm-hmm. Because that's important. You're never gonna create a sense of safety with mm-hmm. emotions if we keep criticizing ourselves and judging them. And we're not even gonna approach the emotion that's the case we're yes. gonna kind of try and just shove it right down as yeah. much as we possibly can yeah so that is number two okay number three yeah this really comes from a pain reprocessing therapy lens yeah they kind of theorize this um, in their approach and i like it and number three the way we resist emotions is we just view them as dangerous. Mm -hmm. And
0: and when you say dangerous, like how do you define that? What do you mean by dangerous?
1: I mean that there is an inherent fear of the emotional experience themselves.
0: Mm.
1: And so here's the thing around emotions is, as we've said, they're all physical experiences. Yeah. And the reason motions are safe is we're meant to feel the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. We are, we're, we're designed that way. And there are just sensations in the body and they're temporary, Mm. but we lose sight of this. And even I lose sight of this Mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm like feeling fearful or something. Yes. You know, I forget that it's only been a period. It hasn't been, you know,
0: well, and it's funny, you're right, when you say like lose sight of it, because I feel like I often have to remind you, okay, this is this is temporary. But it's true, when we're in it, it's much harder to do that. And when we have the thought narrative that starts going around when we're experiencing that emotion, that can really shift how we experience it too.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of this stems back to childhood. Mm-hmm. On how emotions were modeled yes how how your caregivers or peers treated you when you felt emotions mm-hmm. because that's going to determine if you view emotions as a safe experience or as something that's dangerous so for example if, if you had a parent that every time you felt sad or angry or fearful they're like don't feel that yeah, You're being too uh-huh. sensitive yeah, right? yeah um like and it was critical of you or Emotions were never modeled in your home, right? or emotions were modeled, but they weren't modeled in a way that actually showed someone moving through them in a safe way. right? You add all these things up, all of a sudden emotions, it makes sense why people view these emotional experiences as potentially dangerous.
0: Well, and that's right. And then we continue to operate the same way in adulthood, whether we kind of realize it or not. Yeah. So taking a look back at how these were modeled to us in childhood, I think is really important, but it doesn't mean all is lost. Yeah. That's just good information to go with. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I even think for myself, when I look back on my childhood, yeah, anger was something that was modeled lots by men in my life. Yeah, It was. And not... In like a really explosive, Mm. abusive way. Like it it just was like peers at school, you know, other boys would get angry. And that was viewed as like an okay thing for boys to experience. I know sometimes it can be a little gender, but that's the interpretation that I took. But anytime a boy showed sadness or fear at Mm. school, they were made fun of.
0: Right, and so what did that show you, Tanner?
1: And it, yeah, and it showed me what emotions are safe for me to mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. and so it's much easier for me to experience anger, and that's okay. I've had to do a lot of work. Yeah, things mm-hmm. like fear or sadness, yeah, or feeling guilty, yeah, uh, in an appropriate way. That that's okay. That that's that that's welcomed, right? And by actually starting to feel safe with emotions, the resistance lowers of them.
0: Okay. And so that's, it comes back to safety again, which is what you're saying. It's being okay to feel that, allowing yourself to experience those emotions.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But it's important for people to identify what emotions do I view as dangerous? Yeah. And it's not always the unpleasant ones.
0: Why would someone view pleasant emotions as dangerous?
1: So things like joy, yeah, love, things like even calmness can be really hard. It's unfamiliar for people. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes it roots back to trauma. Yeah. So love or connection can be viewed as a very dangerous thing.
0: Mm.
1: Or people have this belief that they're not gonna last, mm-hmm. that they're just gonna go away. And so they're it's really common. Like if people are listening and they're identifying like, well, like I do view love or joy as a dangerous yeah. thing. That's not uncommon. Like that's yes. a much more common yep. thing than people
0: well, think. You're right. I think often people think they're alone in that, but but that's not true.
1: No, it's yeah. not true. So now moving on to number four. Okay, this is comes from some of Dr. Schubiner's work. Yeah. And so it's when we're using defenses or avoiding feeling emotions.
0: And so what would that look like? Like for you, Tanner, what were your defenses around feeling emotions?
1: Yeah. Well, you even think of my teenage years. This became drugs and alcohol. Yeah. I've used food. Mm-hmm. I've used exercise. Right. Um, and how,
0: like, how is that a defense, a defense against feeling those emotions? Like, how was that linked to that?
1: So if I started to feel things that I couldn't tolerate, I would resist them by doing any of those things Mm. to try and push them down. Yes. Even when my pain symptoms came on, um, I kind of had this cognitive style, of like really overthinking things and being in my mind and excessively working, Mm. excessively working out. Like these were all ways that I was just trying to push down anything that I was feeling.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because I talk with people a lot about like distraction or doing, and that's not necessarily bad, but we don't want to do it if we're avoiding. We don't want to just jump to that and ignore the emotions that are going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it can be small things that people can notice Mm -hmm. as they go through their day. Like I'm still rough. I can be bad with this is humor yes right
0: it's funny because i think people have knowledge about that that like they use humor to deflect Mm -hmm. but it's hard to stop
1: that for people too it is so i'm much better at it now but in the past when anything serious would happen yeah i'd make a joke or i'd make light (laughs) of it right it didn't always go off that well but that was me trying to deal with my feelings of discomfort mm. about engaging in some type of emotional conversation. Yeah. But we can do this in our mind as well. So how, what would that look like? So like more mental defenses, this could be things like trying to think about something else.
0: Okay. So you literally distract in our own head.
1: Even yeah, distract. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this is what excessively working did for Mm -hmm. me is I was always thinking about something else right yeah but we get this I think it even happens for people with their pain or symptoms where they're hyper focused Mm -hmm. and obsessing about that instead of feeling maybe the root cause underneath which is all the emotion that's taking place
0: yes yeah for sure it is and once people start tapping to that emotion sometimes things shift for them
1: yeah and we talk about avoidances yeah like we have lots of things we can avoid so we don't feel emotions yeah this could be certain places Mm -hmm. certain people Mm -hmm. certain environments um like with trauma it comes down to memories yeah a lot of the time where people are avoiding thinking of a certain memory yeah consistently
0: and and that makes sense especially if it's very distressing so for those people when, you know, with this podcast, what would you say to those people?
1: Yeah. And when we're dealing with things like trauma, it can be really good to be working with someone. Right. So they can walk you through that. Because right. it's not like you just need to start approaching these memories. No. Not, like that can be incredibly overwhelming and almost re-traumatizing some of the time. Yes. So we need to be cautious with that.
0: Well, and, and that's right. If, if people do start approaching, it is making sure that it's safe. And that it's supported.
1: Yeah. Yes. So these are kind of the the four ways we've defined in terms of how we can go about resisting our emotions. And so
0: people know this now, like we've outlined them. But now what?
1: And now it comes down to people spending some time and reflecting on this. Okay. And then keeping track. I mm-hmm. I did this early on in my healing. I really tracked for a few weeks. I was on the lookout for like, how am I resisting emotions? Okay. And it could be any of these four ways that we've kind of defined, but that's a really useful activity. Mm-hmm. So whether it's number one, alexithymia, mm-hmm. number two, invalidating your emotions, yeah, number three, viewing them as dangerous, or we come down to number four, which is using defenses or avoidances.
0: And so when you were noticing this or you were tracking this, did you try to change it or did you just kind of gather evidence at first?
1: At first it was just becoming aware. And yeah. I became super aware that so often throughout my day I was doing this.
0: Okay. So you're catching it and became easier to notice as yes. you're looking at it.
1: Because then once you can recognize the moments you're resisting emotions, mm-hmm. then you can move on to the other work of identifying what you're feeling Yes. Experiencing it somatically, yeah, and then releasing it.
0: Well, and that's right, like developing awareness creates choice. Yeah. If we know, then we have choice to maybe do something differently, exactly.
1: Yeah, so thank you everyone for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.
0: Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to book in a session with one of our therapists, you can go to our website at painpsychotherapy.ca.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram at painpsychotherapy where me and Anne are posting content daily and are there to respond to your comments. Also, check out our YouTube channel which is named Tanner Murtaugh MSW RSW.